and welcome to Happy Place, the show where we try and forget about our worries and our strife and focus on the things that really matter. I'm Fern Cotton and today, well, what a guest to start the series with. It's the mighty Game of Thrones warrior, Maisie Williams. People keep asking me, like, the show is going to end, what do you want? And I'm like... Honestly, I want a normal life to just with people that I love and people that I know are true and care about me. And I don't want any of this crazy, crazy world because it's not worth it. Now, as you can tell, it's a live show that we recorded with Dice at the gorgeous Troxy in London. What a venue. From epic arena shows and sweaty exclusive gigs to immersive film screenings and food festivals, DICE is on a mission to help you discover and buy tickets to your next amazing event. Just check them out at DICE FM. And for any of you Game of Thrones fans yet to catch up on the final series, don't worry, there are no plot spoilers here. We were very, very careful. Whilst we do talk a bit about the show, you can rest easy. We're not about to ruin anything for you at all. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, enough waffle from me. Let's get, well, some more waffle from me with the wonderful Maisie. Are you ready to start season three of Happy Place? In that case, here's the show. So I am just stood side of stage at the Troxy, which is a gorgeous venue in East London. There are lots of seats out there that will be filled imminently with lovely people. I hope. I mean, I hope people come. Um, I'm sure they will, because today I'm going to be having a chat with Game of Thrones goddess Maisie Williams. I'm so looking forward to this. We've weirdly never met, although we direct message each other on Instagram. So it's going to be really nice having a good old chat with her. So the audience are coming in right now, and then we're going to get stuck into our conversation. Oh, Maisie's here. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting. Oh, well, I'm just so chuffed that you said yes. I'm so chuffed because you're busy. You've been busy. (laughs) A little. How are we going to do this without saying the wrong thing? There's so many things we're not allowed to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) Like the end of the show. Like the end of the show. (laughs) I mean, who has anyone not seen episode three of series eight yet and they're waiting to watch it? Okay, so we can't even talk about episode three. I mean, what we can say is, so exhausted after watching it. (laughs) Take a nap. I didn't breathe. Yeah, I I watched it and I knew what was happening and I cried. I bet. 
Yeah, it was. It's terrifying. It's really scary that you're going to lose these characters. I sort of forget that I'm watching a TV show, and actually, I'm there. Like, I'm in it. I'm on that dragon. Yeah. <laughs> I was absolutely exhausted, but I don't. I really don't want to. I don't want to annoy any of the lovely audience if they're waiting to quickly watch that one when they get home tonight before episode four tomorrow. I don't. I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not going to ruin it. Um, <laughs> Maisie, you've grown up in front of our very eyes on the TV. You started when you were 12 years old um, on a, a massive show, a show that impacted you know, popular culture immediately. Mm. How do you think that experience has, has impacted you in your life? I mean, I don't know anything else. Yeah. But from what I can sort of gather, I experienced everything, but just heightened. And it wasn't just, you know, my friends at school, but it was a lot of people, other people. And so I think just like trying to navigate being a teenager and being a 16-year-old, you know, that, that was just very difficult when it wasn't just your peers watching you, but, you know, people who felt like they had ownership over you and felt like they knew who you were. Um, and, you know, just trying to find out who you are and, you know, do that yourself just became a lot more difficult. But, yeah, it was, it was strange, but here I am. Well, yeah, and you're just like a lovely, grounded human being, which is just <laughs> remarkable. Because I started on the TV when I was 15 but luckily because I'm so bloody old there was no social media there was nothing like that so I would literally go and do Disney Club or whatever I was doing and I didn't know if anyone liked it didn't like it I had no clue I just went home and thought that was really fun Mm. but you were on TV in the age where it was everywhere and you are getting bombarded with opinion and and I guess it's unavoidable to not feel judged in some way yeah totally and it used to really get I mean it still does who am I kidding it got to me a lot um because there's just a constant feed in your back pocket of what people think of you and I think we all like to say that we would turn a blind eye and wouldn't care but impossible impossible to do yeah but there did come a time where the show like I just took a step away from it all. Um, my mum would always have like the logins to my social accounts, and so she would always see everything that sort of came in. And like you know, if it was a bit negative or there was anything bad, then she would say like maybe don't look for a little while because it might upset you. Um, I think when people are on social media, they feel like whatever they write no one's going to read it and no one's going to see it but they do and it will affect them for a really long time Um, I also think um, especially with people who are in the public eye especially to the extent you are that you're almost not human like it's not going to affect you because you're not a human you're this sort of otherworldly being but you don't get sad and you don't yeah you've got a matter of feelings going on and I feel exactly the same and I don't get on the level that you do at all but sometimes I do think oh why did I look at that and someone said something negative and now I'm going to be in a bad mood to my husband for the next hour and (laughs) be a bit of a dick about everything and you don't want to be but you just sort of get into that cycle of it and I think I'm getting a lot better on it now I can sort of 
speed up that process and not worry as much. Yeah. What what is your sort of go to for remedying those situations when you you know you've you've looked at something you shouldn't or you've even bothered looking in the first place? Yeah, I think you know just to even like disarm the gun really and just like try not to consume too much media at all and you know when I do feel myself like going down a rabbit hole because it gets to a point where you're almost like craving something negative so as you can sit in a hole of like sadness and it's really bizarre the way that it starts to consume you so it's like when you feel yourself maybe close to stumbling upon something that's going to ruin your entire day. Sounds so simple, but it's like just about switching that off and speaking to someone human. You've got a huge following online and you know, you inspire so many young people, male and females out there on screen and off screen. So how do you sort of carry that weight knowing that there's a responsibility with that? I think I've I've definitely said things that I regret and I've definitely done things that I regret and maybe aren't the best role model for, you know, I haven't been the best role model at certain times. And But I remember, like, his, when I started going to, like, big events, like, award shows where you see, like, stars wall-to-wall and it becomes, like, the most surreal experience... But then you sort of meet those people and you see them, like, you know, behind, like, having a cigarette and, like, bitching about someone. (laughs) You start to realise, like, oh, you're nothing like I thought you were. And I remember in that moment telling myself there's no worse role model than someone who isn't being genuine. Mm. So I thought no matter what happens, whether it's good or bad, everyone makes mistakes and things happen that you regret. And if you try and paint the picture of a perfect girl, you're only going to get found out. So just do you. And that's what girls should look up to. Yes. So then it takes the pressure off a bit, I think. Absolutely. But it's um, sometimes tricky to stumble across that way of thinking early on, especially as a teenager, because, Mm. you know, what teenager isn't trying to work out who they are? And I remember certainly thinking, oh, I'm going to try and be like Zoe Ball, because I really like her. And you do try and be someone else, because you're not sure. So it's, you know, brilliant that you you sort of made that discovery yourself early Mm. on and said, I'm just going to be me. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, that makes it sound like there wasn't a whole journey to get there. And I mean, I think I've done a lot of changing literally in the last year. But, you know, for a long time, I definitely did play a character. And, you know, I was so set on trying to look like I was really grown up and that I wasn't going to ruin my life and that I was going to be a good actor that did all the right things and and I was so set because people would ask me like you know a lot of kids in your position they really go and ruin everything and it's like what why are you saying that to yeah, someone that's thanks. like 13 years old yeah. like it's a lot of pressure yeah. you're like okay and then you're like oh this is why people go insane I get it now yeah so I guess, you know, it did take a lot of, like, trying to be, like, squeaky clean and, like, trying... It, I was, like, a real teacher's pet, I guess, but, like, you know, on the fame spectrum and not school. And then, yeah, I think, you know, last year in my own personal life, I think I just went through a lot of real 
revelations where I was like, I'm not very happy doing this and pretending, you know, that everything's fine. And so, you know, and that wasn't like a public thing, but, you know, after going through that, I think, you know, now I've sort of tried to just be a lot more genuine and it just becomes a lot more relaxing after that, Doesn't I think. Doesn't it? Because you just it... drop it all and yeah. that's when, like, you can just really have fun. Isn't it weird, all of the... Um stories we build up in our head that I think we all feel like this to some extent we'll go along feeling like I've got to like you say do the right thing and be you know super good and squeaky clean or whatever because we feel like at the end of the day someone's gonna go 10 you got a 10 out of 10 yeah. well no one's gonna do that no one you know everyone's just get stumbling through their own life as well mm-hmm. but we feel like someone's gonna mark us at the end of it Completely. and then you get to the place where you go oh maybe I won't bother doing that anymore and you just are you and that's a liberating place to be and it sounds so simple and I think it just takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of putting rights to wrong like within you and you know I'm definitely not like model human (laughs) and I think you know I still lie in bed at like 11 o'clock at night telling myself all the things I hate about myself like I'm you know there's still like a journey I think but you know at least dropping the act and and you know just being who you truly are I think that's definitely like a first step and not trying to be someone not trying to be who you want me to be right now in this moment um which would be okay but for me it's like really underwhelming and you know when there's applaud at the end you don't feel like it's for you because you're that wasn't you really and so I think you know just dropping everything and and trying to be as honest with yourself as you are with other people is Mm. important because we can all apply that to um so many situations in life you know with friendships sometimes we'll play the part we think the other person wants us to be in in a best friend dynamic or a group dynamic and like you say you know you might all meet up and then they go home or you go home and then you feel a bit about it like that why did I do that and a bit of it's people pleasing also a bit of it's fear of just being you and I know I've done this so many times and actually just to go well you know if they judge me they judge me fine I'm gonna be me you know and it's like when someone that you really care about is hurting and I'm guilty of it and you know we all are but it's taking the situation and instead of really trying to understand what how they're sad or why they're sad and trying to give advice on that we try to say something that will make it go away mm-hmm. um and say you know someone you know is saying something negative about something in their life and you go oh well you shouldn't think like that because xyz and ultimately that's not how people get over things and really it's just brushing it all under the carpet And I think, you know, having been in a situation where I was really feeling quite low and then had a lot of people do that to me was when I realized, like, that's not the answer. Like, trying to take people's pain away doesn't take their pain away. They have to work through that themselves and being supportive through that is really, like, what helps them. And I think, like, you know, having gone through it myself now, you know, when helping other people, it's about really listening to each other and it sounds so simple, but... I don't think that we do it enough, really, because no one wants that sort of, like, difficulty on their hands. But, you know, that conversation will do wonders for that person versus brushing it under the carpet, which means you'll just cycle this back, like, two weeks in the future. It's so true, because 
if it's met with someone that is willing to listen and um, perhaps be active and make a positive change or try and help you, rather than brush it under the carpet, you actually feel heard. Like, oh, they're, they're hearing what I'm saying. And weirdly, I'm sort of experiencing this in my own life right now with my kids. Mm. Because I think usually with kids, say your kid's freaking out, you feel awful. You don't want them to cry or be upset. And you go, oh, no, no, don't worry. Or if my little girl's scared, no, nothing to worry about here. Just, you know, just mm. calm down. And actually, I've started going oh, you're scared, aren't you? And I read a book all about parenting that said, you know, validate their feelings. It made me think, oh, this isn't just about kids. This is about other human relationships and saying, well, tell me, you know, why are you sad? And and validating that. And that is so, so important. And I'm imagining you had people in your life that were willing to do that, that have been good listeners to to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think that's what really... Um, just like brings you out of like a cycle when you like feel like there's no way out of like whatever mental pattern you're going through it's like just asking questions you know it's not about being nosy but it's like if you were with someone who's like bearing their soul to you and saying like I you know feel a certain way I guess like try and understand it try and understand it and through you trying to understand it I think it really helps someone else do it too oh my god like I'm completely selfish with these podcasts that's all I want to do when I talk to people tell me all the stuff about you and then I'll apply it to my own life later (laughs) that's the whole thing right that's hopefully why you listen as well but I'm fascinated because if somebody has had a really positive experience or the absolute opposite I am intrigued as to the workings behind that and the Mm. thought processes and I think it's really interesting what you're saying a minute ago about that self-love because I think everybody struggles with this and Mm. people make massive assumptions that you're a massively successful actress you're on the biggest show on tv you must feel amazing about yourself all the time you know that doesn't mitigate life and like normal feelings coming up and I think self-love is a really hard one I doubt anyone in this audience I'm not going to ask you because it's you know deeply personal but I doubt anyone in this audience would put their hand up and say you know what I absolutely love every bit of myself every day all of us have a thing or a plethora of things that we don't like about ourselves and often we talk to our friends about those things we don't like about ourselves and we make it bigger and they haven't even noticed what that is and I think people would assume oh Maisie's not got any of that going on. She's got great life and it's all perfect, but that's never the case. Yeah, it's a real difficult one. It's something that I'm like really trying to break free from at the moment. But I went through a huge period of my life where I tell myself every day that I hated myself and I'd look in the mirror and it got to the point where I'd be in a conversation with my friends and my mind would be like, running and running and running and thinking about all the stupid things I said in my life and all of the people that had looked at me a certain way and it would just race and race and race and we'd be talking and I'd be like I hate myself and then my friends would be like what and I would have to sit there like um nothing um and it got so bad and you know I'm not saying this because I think I'm the only one in the world I feel like we can all relate to that just like telling ourselves awful things And, you know, when I started digging in and figuring out why I said those things, actually it was nothing to do with myself. And there's so many other things that are going on that you 
kind of like put it down to one of them I guess and it comes out in a certain way and you know I think so many of these problems are really linked to things in your past or you know whatever and I think as soon as you start digging and you start asking yourself bigger questions than why do I hate myself but it's more like why do you make yourself feel this way and I think that it's you know the answers to all of these questions really are within you I was chatting to my sister my, my sister's here and my mum and my friend hi or are you over there I don't know maybe that was just someone else um <laughs> oh I can see you hi and I was chatting to my sister a lot, um, and me and my whole family, I think we've all going on with our own little personal struggles, but my sister has been, um, sorry, I'm going to out you here. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine, isn't it? All for the love of podcasts. Yeah, it's fine. My sister's been struggling with a lot of anxiety, and it really pained me to hear about it, because I've been going through my own, and you think that your own problems are the most important thing in the world, and you forget that, you know, you care so much about your family and so my sister started telling me about some issues that she was going through and all of a sudden when someone that you love and care about tells you of the things that they see or they hear or they say to themselves or like their struggles that they're going through when someone that you care about says that it makes you think how could you ever make yourself feel that way yeah but you do it to yourself every single day isn't it mad it is and um it's really like upsetting to sort of hear those things and um you know I was saying to my sister that the answer to so many of these questions are really within you and it sounds really hippy dippy and like you know look within you to find peace (laughs) but it is true yeah and at the end of the day you're making yourself feel this way for a reason and when you find it it really it's so strange because it's not like someone telling you something that you've never heard before because it's something that you're really aware of Mm. but you've never stopped to give the time of day and it really is this like overwhelming feeling when you tap into something and you're like oh god this is why I act this way and this is why I tell myself these things when you realize it it really just starts to open doors and of course when you get through that there's another level and you go okay well why do I feel like this then and it keeps going it's not just as simple as you know one day you wake up and you're cured but I think really starting to look within and ask yourself these questions is like very very important and it's changed a lot in my life it's so so important and like you say you know I'm no stranger to self-loathing I have bad patches of it all the time and my friend always goes to me you know would you say that about your best friend sat next to you right now if they had done this done that Mm. not done this would you throw that sort of abuse at them of course you wouldn't we do it to ourselves so freely Mm. it's ungoverned and and also, you know, we, we don't look at the whys. Like you say, it's a habitual negative loop. So every time I look in the mirror, I notice that I just look at the bad bits. I'll never think, oh, let's look at something that looks nice today. Like, my, oh, my hair looks nice today. No, I'll go right for the bad bits every mm. time. And the rest of it doesn't exist. And yeah. it's just a bad habit that we get into. Definitely. I think even, I think everyone in this room can relate. But when you put your very honest Instagram posts about like the things that you're feeling very anxious about it was kind of I think it was the first time that I'd really seen something like that online and thought god that's that's me (laughs) and you know like what we were talking about earlier like my sister like I feel like all of us in this room we feel like we know you and we 
care for you and seeing that you were feeling bad I think you know it's really helpful to so many people and you know the way you speak out about the things you do it's it's so courageous but it does so much good and I'm really grateful that there are people like you that That's do what you kind. do I mean I the, the great silver lining to anything I think any of us have experienced that's negative is that there's that connection isn't there and um, and people are willing to talk more and it can only be a good thing that you know conversations are starting up um, there's still a lot of work to do but over the last sort of 10 years and the last two years really it's been such a you know seismic change in people really wanting to open up and have that chat and like you know you and your sister freely sort of chatting about anxiety might have not happened 20 30 years ago it might have been buried under lots of you know weird behavior passive aggressive behavior whatever but but being able to just sort of sit and chat and not feel Mm. judged is is so brilliant that we're heading in that direction yeah it absolutely is and I think that you know if we keep on the path that we're on I hope that there are going to be you know, more safe people and more safe environments for people to talk about the things that get them down. Mm. Because if, like, it, well, I, I think, you know, one thing that I learned, it was just, like, that everyone is a little bit sad. Mm. And it was really eye-opening to me to sort of, like, understand that, I think. But, you know, the more that we talk about it and the more that we help one another, I think that's really important. And also... Um, accepting sadness is like yeah good bit of sadness absolutely fine you know yeah the trouble is we are all so worried about being happy all the time and whatever we deem happiness to be that we've got to have it all the time or and if we don't we're disappointed and actually I guess the only way I've found that balance or contentment is to go right life is going to present me with all manner of things at any time and we've all had things happen out of the blue we weren't expecting shocking things trauma whatever to be able to deal with all of those things and if we're not feeling happy well that's absolutely fine and to go with that yeah I'm still definitely really struggling with that really struggling to let sadness wash over me without it consuming me um I think you know there was a period of time where I was very sad and then I sort of came out of that and then it's now just like really terrifying that you're ever going to slip back into it and I think that's still something that I'm really working on Mm. because like I think that's really hard I think it's really hard to feel sad and not feel completely defeated by it Mm. I agree. I was thinking about this this morning because I've been listening to this amazing podcast that loads of you might have heard because it's massively popular, which is Oprah Winfrey and Urquhart Toll. Mm. Yeah. A New Earth. And Urquhart's amazing and I'm like trying to digest every word he says. And like when I'm listening to it, I'm like, oh, I've smashed this one. I'm going <laughs> to literally, I've, I've got it. I'm going to, life's going to be amazing. And then you go into your everyday life and it's really hard. And I woke up this morning and I was really tired and I just couldn't really get my mojo together and I was feeling a bit grumpy for no reason just one of those days and when you're in it although you know all the life lessons and the things and the rules that you've been told you know just be in the moment la 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 it is a bit bloody tricky when you've got stuff going on in your life isn't it it's hard to kind of sometimes I guess it's hope isn't it or trust that the future's going to be okay and like Mm. you say you've got that fear of what if it comes back and we can't, we've got to be in the now and just be with it and not 
yeah. worry about then. But it's a new mindset, isn't it? It's a whole yeah, new totally. mindset. Yeah, and I think as well, because when you're on the journey of, like, you know, digging within and trying to figure out, like, why you feel the way you feel and, you know, in those days where you do feel sad, you're like, but why? Why? Mm. And you keep asking yourself and it just, yeah, I think it's just really difficult. I don't know, we'll talk again in, like, a year and I'll be like, figure that one out now. Um, But it's also very interesting, you know, I like having a good old poke and a dig and sort of going, what's going on with that? Why am I feeling that? It can Mm. be very interesting if you're willing to sort of, you know, be honest and be vulnerable, I guess, at at looking at all of those things. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, I don't know if you have felt like this, but I mean, many people will have. When you go to a audition or a job interview or anything where you know you're going to be judged, that's a dead cert. You're going right. to be judged in an audition at a job interview, you know, going to a university to be interviewed, whatever it is. And I've always found that one very tricky. If I've had to sit in a meeting, an audition sort of setting I guess or when I was younger certainly for somebody to sort of judge me Mm. I have never walked away from one of those situations feeling good about myself ever even if I've got the job it just feels bizarre to be so acutely judged like that how have you sort of dealt with that over the years you know I'm gonna throw a spanner in the works it's strange because when I'm not directly with someone in competition with them or know who it is or see their face, I'm very good at just streamlining in that moment. But I guess the real difficulty comes like afterwards when you don't necessarily get it and then there's someone who does and then you think, why? What is it? And then you go, oh, maybe it's my face. Oh, no, maybe it's my hair. Oh, no, maybe it's where I came from. Or, and you just dig and dig and dig, and you find all of these differences between you and whoever it is. But it's not necessarily when it's happening. I think, you know, during uh, an like, uh, audition or, or whatever, I think that I've always... Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, like... In that moment, I feel like, I can do this. Yeah. And then, like, when I leave, I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it kind of comes, like, in a reverse way for me. And are you able to intellectually tell yourself that it doesn't matter and you are still you and you are great? Because No. No, okay, same. Um, because I take it really far and I'll be like, there's something wrong with me. It's not just, oh, maybe they didn't like this about me. There's something wrong with me. And I think we've all felt like that. There must be something wrong with me. That person doesn't want to be my friend anymore. There must be something wrong with me. I got dumped. I mean, I've had all these situations happen. And I do come away going, there's something wrong with me. And it's never that. There's nothing wrong with any of us. We're just not, you know, in the right 
place for that job, right? Haven't met the right person, whatever. But it's hard to walk away and not feel like that. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that's ever like an easy thing to just get over and pick yourself up. But I think trying to hone in on the things that are unique to you. You spend your life pointing things out, the things that you don't have. But if you try and point out the things that you have that no one else does, that's when it's like really exciting because when you ham up those bits and you care for those parts of yourself, I think that's what it is when I go into an audition is like all the things that do make me a little bit weird and a little bit, I don't know, I think my boyfriend said, what did he say to me? He was like, you're an acquired taste. (laughs) (laughs) Gee, thanks. But I heard that as just a compliment because I thought, do you know what? It's true. And those bits that are a little bit jarring to some people are the bits that I really like about myself. Mm. And those are the bits that you work on when you do feel like you're going to go and be judged because you're going to think, do you know what? I might not do this. I might not get it, but you're never going to forget me. And that's the exciting part is when you can find those parts of yourself that you did hate and you try and turn them around and say well this is the bits that you're going to remember me for I think that's really important so I've only discovered that in my late 30s that um that's cool that's fine to do that like I'll be honest with you what time is it now oh my god I'm like asleep by now normally six past (laughs) six minutes past ten I normally get in bed at about nine I didn't think it was that bad, but okay. Um, And then I read for a bit, and then I go to bed, and I'm definitely asleep by now. And I used to always think, oh, my God, let's not tell anyone that. You know, I've got to be like, I go to a gig still and whatever. I am knackered. And you know what? I like that about myself. I go to bed then, and I am fine with that. But it does take... It's a bit of practice, maybe, with that one as well, like learning. Mm. I remember Davina saying in one of the episodes, you might have heard this one, where she was saying... She looked in the mirror every day and she like had to tell herself, you know, I like you. And at first she literally couldn't do it like, I like you. And then by the end of it, she was going, I like you. And like she really believed it. And sometimes it is as sort of simple as practice, like flexing that muscle again mm-hmm. and again to enjoy those bits of yourself. Yeah. And we absolutely. all should. No, completely. I think, you know... Especially if there is something that's coming to your mind right now and you think, oh, God, I could never say that because it would contradict X, Y, Z. It's like, well, those are the bits that you're going to go and start dropping now because it's all linked. It's like the way that you convey yourself to other people and the person that you put on and then, you know, the things about yourself that are different and then when they don't add up, it's when you realise, like, oh, that's because I'm not being true to myself and... It just like it does, and it's terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying Scary. because you feel like all of a sudden you're going to start contradicting everything that you've ever lived by because this is who I am, and it's just not. And it, and as soon as it all sort of drops away and drifts away, and you know the people that care about you are still going to care about you then. And exactly. Yeah, I, I just think that it is all within you, and like the happiness and and. You know, feeling truly good about yourself and waking up in the morning and, like, smiling at the ceiling. It is all within you, and it's all capable, and it's so exciting. But you just have to do a bit of digging. Yeah, a little bit of digging. Get your spoon out and... Yeah, get that spoon out. (laughs) What things in life do you have to have in place to make sure that you do feel 
just balanced? Because I'm imagining, although I guess when you're filming something like Game of Thrones, it's quite an insular world because you're like family, you're cast and you're yeah. in it. But then you do have to step out into the sort of weirdness of like going on American chat shows or doing yeah. a red carpet. Yeah. What sort of things do you have to have in your day that just keep you grounded and feeling like you're Maisie? Well, okay. So I guess like in life broadly, and then we'll get to the day-to-day. I read a book called Ikigai. Have you read it? No. Okay, it's amazing. And it's this Japanese prophecy, and it's like rules to live by, right? And Getting it's about it. these four things, and it's the things you love, the things you're good at, the things you can be paid for, and the things that the world needs. And it's about having something in all of those circles, and then the four circles like meet each other like a Venn diagram. I don't know. Yeah, I don't that's know the one. Right. And then in the middle, if you have it all and it's all sort of going well, then in the middle is like Ikigai and that's like the reason to be alive. Mm. Why you're here and like your purpose in the world. And I read it and I was like, oh yeah, cool, whatever. Uh, And then I was like journaling. I don't journal really, (laughs) but I was that day and... I like a bit of journaling. Journaling's fine. Yeah, I know. It's cool, but I don't actually do it. You're not a journaler. <laughs> I have a lot of like half-started entries, like Tuesday, 4th of July. I, I don't know, I had a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's an exciting but, entry. <laughs> and then it like, never goes anywhere else. Anyway, that day I was writing and I thought, okay, I'll draw the Venn diagram and I'll figure out you know, all of my things and then I'll realise that I'm happy and I should just stop. I started and then I got to the things that's like the things you love and I was like oh I really love dancing and I was like oh but I don't I don't dance I haven't danced for years and then I was like okay uh I really love painting oh but I haven't painted in years um okay I love acting well it doesn't really count because I get paid for it uh what else do I love um couldn't find a single thing that I did day to day that I loved, that I just loved to do for the sake of just doing them. And, eh? Talking! Talking's yeah. good. <laughs> yes, talking. Did a lot of that. Okay, maybe I was happy after. <laughs> and so I realised that it was, I didn't do enough things just day to day that I loved doing guilt-free just because I wanted to do them. And so that was something that I changed, first of all. Which was really hard because there was no time for it. There was no time for anything else. I didn't have any time to paint because that's what people do in a fantasy and there's no time that you can make to do these things. And then you make time and you find the time no matter what you do. And so that was like the first thing. And I think now I'm a lot better at handling, you know, the crazy chats shows and the, you know, because I've had the time to myself to be like, this is when I'm going to, you know, it's self-care, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of just like day to day, um, I like to check in with my family wherever I am in the world. I have a family group chat, um, little WhatsApp group. Um, my mum sends me nice updates of my dog and my tortoise. Oh, so, what, what's your tortoise called? Barney. And we have another Barney. one called Stevie. Oh, Stevie and Barney. I want to know what they're up to. I want in on that WhatsApp chat. They're probably sleeping. They're it's sleeping very like late. I should be. <laughs> Their heat lamps went off a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, I think just being in touch with. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I want a little hate I wish lamp. it was a joke and it's not. That's great. It's really, no, it's I went real home. Life. went home to my mum's house for my birthday. I woke up on my 27th. 27th? I'm 27. I'm 22. I woke up on my... Tw- <laughs> I woke up on my 22nd birthday at 8am because my tortoises who were in my room, their heat lamp went off and so it was bright in the entire room. Bloody tortoises. tortoises roaming and roaming around their little enclosures. That was how I woke up on my 22nd Barney birthday. Barney fucked your birthday right up. <laughs> he did. Like, what are you doing? <sighs> we went down to so the garden. So selfish. That's why I've not got tortoises. because they're very, very selfish pets to have. <laughs> they never are. get one of those guys. Oh. So really, again, it's, it boils down to um, balance for you is basic things and making time to do stuff that you just like. Yeah. And it's like... I think everyone's dream is doing what you love for a living, right? And getting paid to do things that you love. And I was lucky enough to land this incredible opportunity. And I'm forever grateful for what my life is now. But really, thank you. That's weird. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but she took that compliment really well. <laughs> oh. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I just poked myself in the eye. (laughs) But really, the things that mean something to you in life, no matter where you are in the world and no matter what you're doing, are just the very simple things. And that's all I want. People keep asking me, like, the show is going to end. What do you want? And I'm like, honestly, I want a normal life to just with people that I love and people that I know are true and care about me and I don't want any of this crazy crazy world because it's not worth it like I'm happy I've got a nine to five at the moment and I'm loving it and it's the people that you love and the people that you care about that that really make your life long and fruitful and so yeah I think it all just All of that is just noise. It really is just noise. So you still want to act, but you need a bit of space and time after a very intense decade? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Because you've got your app that you're... Yeah. Well, that's your nine to five. It's my nine to five. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, So your app, Daisy. Yes. So tell us about the app. Because I've been on the app. It's very exciting. We have an update coming soon. It's very exciting. Stay tuned. Mm. But it's great because, um, you yeah, know, you're so, opening up opportunity for people that are creatives like yourself who, who can connect with other people. Yeah, I think it actually kind of comes down to what we were talking about, but I, haven't, I didn't think about that before now. But in terms of, like, being able to just be creative and, like, you know, make films or, or art or, you know, music people think that in order to do that they have to like pursue a career and they have to like make it otherwise it's like you know a hobby that they'll never do again and they have to just give up and I think you know the reason why I wanted to make Daisy is because you know so many people just don't even know who they can call upon in those industries in order to you know take an idea that they have and make it a reality so whether that's like pitching a short film or it's you know making a music video you know people think that in order to be able to do those things like you have to be selected by you know the creative gods to be like chosen to be an actor (laughs) and it's like somewhat true and I think that it's such a shame when there's the create like there's creativity in all of us all the time and even if you would say that you don't do a necessarily 
creative <laughs> job, mm. then you think that, you know, that sort of part of you is completely cut off. But I think child's play comes out in, in like, you know, everything that we do. And I think it's really, yeah, it's really important to stay in touch with that. So in terms of, you know, Daisy allowing people to be really creative and connect and collaborate with different people, no matter what skill level you're at or whether you're professional or not, I think it's just really important to be able to connect those people with one another. So it's kind of like a social media for you know artists to find one another and and get creative um that was sort of why I started it I guess it's so brilliant and I'm imagining it's taking a lot of your time and energy up because it's not easy to have a successful app that's that's running so it's quite a gear change from I guess what you've been doing which is very sort of intense filming and living in that bubble mm. to then you're running a business now, which must have yeah. good sides and bad sides because you've got full autonomy over what you're doing. So you're, yeah. you're doing what you want, but also there's that pressure of you want it to go well. Yeah, I think like what I've realised is that like no matter what I do in life, I'm probably always going to be really stressed by it. <laughs> <laughs> Just find it always... Someone likes stress up there. <laughs> cool. A whoop for stress. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, I think... I think... I think I just do get overwhelmed by a lot of things anyway, but, you know, it's no secret in the office that I'm a bit of an anxious person. (laughs) Um, But to see so many people in a room creating something that is your seemingly mental vision is, like, really amazing Mm. to know that if I'm crazy you are too so So do you think that's something you want to do more of a kind of a business side of things or is acting still a need for you that you want to express yourself in that way um I think for me I still want to act I think for me it's more just like seeing what else I can do because I stepped away from school when I was 15 and I stopped doing absolutely everything else other than acting and I guess now it's just curiosity of, like, you know, uh, this is definitely an option for me, and I really enjoy acting, but, like, what other things can I do if I wanted to? And I think I'm just using this time as a bit of an experimental time to, yeah, just play around and try other things. And, yeah, Daisy's been really incredible. And, yeah, I don't, I don't really, yeah, I'm just sort of floating around like a Good. little bit of dust. Yeah. I love that though and why not experiment and see what happens next because um, I guess there's always a pressure how boring if I was like five year plan this is what I'm going to do next and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that and it never happens that way does it anyway no why why have a plan when they always fail I like that that's probably really bad advice to live by (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but I think it's being spontaneous, isn't it? And um, being dynamic and yeah. going with what opportunities arise. <laughs> or being non-committal. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with the positive and saying spontaneous. <laughs> yes. um, but I find that very interesting because I'm assuming there's always great pressure whenever you step away from any gargantuan show like that that you've got to keep momentum up what's going to happen next you know I need to do something equally as big but you've actually gone I'm going to retreat a little bit for my own sanity yeah a little bit and it's like it's really strange because the show was very different from anything that was ever done before if you try and judge success by like doing something bigger than that again 
I don't, I don't know that I'll, you know, I struck luck with this incredibly. And like, if there was another huge cultural shift that I happened to be on as well, like, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's probably not going to happen that way. So I just don't want to judge my success like that. And I want to feel like whatever I do next is something that, you know, I'm really proud of and it might not necessarily, and that's what's terrifying is that other people might not be like, wow, that's really cool. Um, and, you know, judging your success by that is probably not the best option because quite often, you know, well, not quite often, but in our industry, people are there to just sort of drag you down constantly. Yes, because don't we all confuse what success is? You know, culturally, it's... Um you get the promotion, you can buy a property or, I don't know, what, we have these landmarks that we think that's success. Yeah. And actually, isn't it, you enjoy it, that's success. Like I, I've done shows that are massive that I've not liked doing and yeah. I didn't feel like it was a success. But yeah. shows that, you know, or projects like this, you know, doing the podcast, just chatting to people. Yeah. I love it. And I think that's when we can all find our little sweet spot of success is it doesn't matter how many people know about it or how grand it seems yeah. or what it brings. It's do you wake up in the morning and think, oh, yes. I like doing that. Yeah. That's surely success. Yeah, I definitely made like a couple of really big changes in the last few months. And it was like the most incredible thing when one morning, like a few weeks ago, I woke up and I thought, God, all the things I'm doing this week, I'm really excited for. And that was like a real breakthrough mm. for me because I'd been doing so many things that had got so many, you know, so many people thought were amazing, but actually I didn't get a lot of fulfillment from at all. And for me to then wake up and do this, you know, five things with my week that I was really excited for, which none of you are probably ever going to hear about, but that was amazing. And that was what really brought me true happiness. Mm. And yeah, I think that that's sort of something that I want to take with me for the future mm. try and do more things that I'm excited for rather than because other people want me to yeah or what um I think again something we all uh struggle with is um things we think we should do rather than things we could do yeah because we'd quite like to do it so oh I really should go for a run or I really should whatever it is you know go to that person's birthday party I can't be asked to go to or whatever. I'd rather be honest and do something that I want to do, obviously without yeah. upsetting people, but things that you want to do rather than all the things you should do that actually make you a bit resentful or yeah. irritated. Because, like, have you ever... Have, you've thrown a few parties in your time. Like, not recently, but, yeah. Yeah. Long and time it's, ago. like, nothing worse than, like, throwing a party and then someone's there who doesn't want to be there. Yes. So it's like, I'd rather have a party of five people that are all, like, down to have a Absolutely. good time. Absolutely. Than, like, 50 people that are, like, mm, would rather be at home. So just go at home because, you know, do what you want to do because do you you're do. not going to bring anything to the party anyway. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I don't get invited to parties anymore. Because I'm in bed at 9 o'clock, 9 p.m., reading my book. I'm taking you off my birthday party list. <laughs> oh, oh, no, can I sort of be invited, though? I'll be the <laughs> oldest person there, but I'll come. Um, no, I think it's really important because I think that is how we get that contentment isn't it mm -hmm. by doing things you want to do what does now you've had this sort of life shift and change recently what does balance look like to you um balance 
Um, sorry, now I feel really embarrassed that there's lots of people here all of a sudden. <laughs> They've um, been here the whole time. I know. I'm like, oh my God, hi. Um, yeah, I think it's just doing things that I love and... You know, I haven't done, I haven't filmed in a long time, but I'm about to start a movie. I think during that shoot to, like, keep me sane, um, I'm going to take my pillow with me that I'm embroidering at the moment. Oh, yes! (laughs) Tell us about the pillow that you're doing embroidery on. Well, I haven't started it yet, but I've got big plans. (laughs) 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 Let me tell you. Um... Worth mentioning here that I have never <laughs> embroidered anything in my life. Brilliant. <laughs> but I'm really excited and I think it's going to be really good. Oh. Um, yeah, so I want to... Yeah, I'm, I've got two cushions that are white and I bought them at Ikea being like, I'm going to embroider these. This was about three months ago. Um, so now I'm going to actually do it. But I like doing creative things. And what's really difficult about passing time when you're filming is that you're trying to stay in like a headspace of like a character and trying to you know sometimes you're doing really difficult scenes and you don't want to do anything that's going to take you out of that too much because you'll perform like not as well as you could so it's really hard to listen to music because it's very emotional and it's maybe a different emotion to what you're feeling or you can, you know, find something that's similar, but even then it's, like, you know, difficult to listen to the same five tracks over and over again for a six-week shoot. Reading's really hard, getting invested in other people's stories. It's really difficult to do something which is, like, stimulating but isn't um, counterproductive. So I think embroidering... Embroidering? Embroidering? Embroidering. embroidering. cushions... I don't have to say it. I can just do it. Yeah. So. I think that's a bloody good idea, don't you? I think we should all start embroidery yeah, cushions. So. I'm doing it. I love that idea. Yeah, so I'm going to do these cushions and, yeah, that's kind of like, that is what my balance is going to look like during this movie. Not Heaven. on my phone, not surfing Instagram, because that is terrible for trying to... Well, trying to live your life, terrible. Mm. Trying to pretend to be someone else, also terrible. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> here, here to pillows. Oh, Maisie. I'm that was so sorry. So <laughs> You're regretting lovely this. Talking to you. Um, an absolute joy. I can't thank you enough. Please give it up for Maisie Williams for appearing on the podcast. Maisie Williams receiving a rapturous send-off to our first live happy place of the year. And next, we'll have the second with musical genius and lovely mate of mine, Mr James Bay. Managers, I love them, but they will sometimes almost rightfully sort of say to their artist, once in a while, just give it 95% instead of 100. Take care of yourself, because you need to do the next gig as well. And I mean, if, if, if people want to come and see your shows and they're buying all the tickets to the shows, a 95% gig once in a while might be all right. And I've just found that I can't do that. Get that, as well as access to a treasure trove of interviews, including one with Game of Thrones' Lena Headey, when you subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and more. Just search Happy Place. 
And come see us at Happy Place Festival, coming to London and Manchester this summer. For details, just go to happyplacefestival.com. A massive thank you to Maisie Williams and to Dice and the Troxy, to the producer Matt Hill at Rethink Audio, to the gorgeous audience who are live at the Troxy for that recording, and of course, to you brilliant lot for listening. I so appreciate it. Bye-bye.